millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days, you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the show formerly known as NXT Dubai. Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Deadly Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick, here to review everything that hasn't happened on last night's episode of NXT. But before we get into it, it feels <laughs> weird. Before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review the show formerly known as NXT, but baby, baby, Christ. Reunion live events, we have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bigger quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick. The band is back together uh, to review last night's NXT, and uh, corporate wants you to tell the difference between these two pictures. They're the same picture. <laughs> Great, this man. The band is back together, and I think we're also all unified, not only on the shoddy quality of this show, yep. but uh, against all those dissenting voices that were like, thank you, NXT's coming back, the NXT we missed. Is it... I'm flicking a V at everybody that, like, faked enthusiasm, having pretended they watched the NXT to the bitterest of bitter ends. And then we were there flying the flag, being like, oh, the multicoloured Daft Bollock show was far better, like, far more yeah. digestible watch, even when it was terrible, this being evidence of that. Instead, we've just got, like, the autumn of NXT 2.0. <laughs> fall season kicking off. It's season premiere on SmackDown this week. And the fall season, I like, I like their lovely reds and orange and yellows. <laughs> the hue that descended upon the still unnamed NXT dome. This was, sorry, Sean. Sorry, Paul. It's 2.0, mate. Yeah. This is 2.0 and it ain't going anywhere. What I liked about the show, which was very little, very little. Oh, I was rubbish. I, got it was hate, show, I, I hate Sean. No, it was, it was an enjoyable show, but not for the right reason. Can't wait to talk about it with you two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bloody Sean Michaels. I'm going to have a go at him later. Bloody hell. What I liked about this is like, um, for optics purposes, right, to get the, the real hardcores back on board a little bit and just to basically no sell what was done to him and something was done to Triple H by way yes. of NXT 2.0 and it was a damning lesson he kind of has to go right okay get rid of the uh, the stupid pain splatters it's time to go back to we are NXT but by the same token it's also like you know what's doing a bit better than the, in the ratings <laughs> <laughs> the my carrion cross led um, dirge festival so what I'm going to do is take away the 2.0 Change the kind of now infamously iconic pain splatter effect and just very gently try and sort of have it both ways. He's trying to have his cake and eat it too, uh, because yeah. it still looks a little bit like NXT 2.0. It's still stylistically very much NXT 2.0, but he's got rid of the 2.0 and the pain splatter. This is not his undiluted 
version of what he wanted wrestling to be because that was a complete a failure. <laughs> so yeah. It's like how it's a tacit acknowledgement that, yeah, no, you, you did fail. You continue to succeed on a more important stage now. I don't yep. get it. I'll never get it, but I'll have this little victory for me, actually. <laughs> yeah, it was with great nerves that I opened this show going, right, what's, what's going to happen then? And it opened up, and like I say, the thing looked exactly the same aside from a slight color change and the 2.0 being gone. And the first people out were pretty deadly, and I was like, oh, thank God, it's still the same. It's still exactly the same. It's like full Panama It's costume. like someone waking like, up from an operation God, going, God, can, they still, can they still, oh, they can still talk. It's fine. <laughs> like, a month, like a month ago, I was dreading the idea of NXT back to black and gold, back in black and gold, <laughs> opening up with some 18... Minute match that yeah. everyone's going to be a complete arsehole about and completely overrate because there's a culture war going on and it was going to be, you know, good, not great, who cares? And then they came out basically like the founding fathers. <laughs> <laughs> great, thank you. How did we? Uh, appreciate, I appreciate this. Uh, actually, the show opened uh, with Wade Barrett. No Vic Joseph this week. I mean, he's on honeymoon, but they mm. said he was stuck in immigration. Uh, and he was flanked this time, Wade Barrett, by Sudu Shah and Byron Saxton, which must have been nice for him to, to pop back to NXT. Um, yeah, they're not the there's a lot of passion in this place. and going to be back here. It's going to be back here. You know what I love about this place is the passion. So was Byron Saxton this version's champer? Like, I'll just, I'll just change around here. Yeah. But, like, now if, but if in sort of, like, NXT law, if Saxton oh, comes... Saxton gives me the creep. <laughs> <laughs> If he, if we're supposed to like receive this NXT is like closer to the the pure heart, should he if Saxon not look around? But like, nothing's changed around here, <laughs> same as it ever was. So yeah, like, if you're Byron Saxon, you're just glad not to be around Corey Graves, aren't you? Oh, like any day at work with him, it's like just like seeing like seeing sort of the office holiday calendar. We're like, oh yes, he's off. What you know, it's going to be a better day at work, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so yes, pretty deadly come out red coats, <laughs> <laughs> British colonial times. Uh, for their State of the Commonwealth address. And, uh, yeah, this was everything I hoped it would be. Oh, duh! Oh, duh. <laughs> Don't you get any advice from a junior minister? Uh, banging the gavels. <laughs> Did like the gavel. Lord Elton Prince. I think it was Viscount Kip Wilson. Uh, they call for order and then ask if they look delicious. I think that's generally what happens mm-hmm. in, like, State of the Commonwealth addresses normally. Uh they say they are the tastiest snacks in NXT, and then it's time for a side play check. Yes, boy. <laughs> we were talking on the preview yesterday about how we were like, who are these guys from NXT UK and why they're like, oh, they're massively over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and they talk about uh, brave pilgrims coming from the UK to the USA to make it a better place, and that's what they've done here. Uh, they're top of the tag team division, two-time <laughs> tag champs, ruling with complete impunity. Uh, but there's an issue with growth beneath them, and they are looking for competent challengers. Problem is, they already been there, buddy. <laughs> uh, they said, look, uh, uh, Boris Johnson and Sir Wanksalot beat Gallus last week, but we've already got their number. And by the way, it's 1-800-UGLY-DENIM. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, didn't like the shots they took at uh, Malik Blade and Idris and Ofe, but still, um, they slag off the creeds, and then they shudder about uh, who's creeping them out. And they say, well, I guess it's come to this. Uh, we are going to be awarded the Tag Team Championships forever. <laughs> but before that can be, I don't know, officiated or whatever it may be, out come the Brawling Brutes from SmackDown. Well, two-thirds of the Brawling Brutes. Rich Bloody Holland 
uh, and Butch, formerly Pete Dunn, of course. Uh, there's a bruiserweight chant going on. Who? It was, it was darker times. Uh, it's like Wolf, like a dog or something. And then they say, you mock Seamus, so we're here to find out how tough you are face-to-face. Not tough at all, it turns out, because they blamed it on Kevin Nash, Kevin Patrick, and then Kevin Owens. Um, they they charge the ring, Butch is being held back, and uh, they say, and Ridge says, all you do is talk about how great you are. Well, tonight you can prove it, because tonight is fight night. And they dump them out of the ring to uh, close this opening segment. So this was piss funny, because pretty deadly a partner, and I think that was what differentiated them from just about everybody on NXT UK and why we gravitated towards them straight away. Yes, boy! Yes, yes boy! Like, I'm going to put something over here. It is a shame that nobody could possibly care less about this roster, and it's ultimately what undoes Grayson Waller, right, is that he's this, like, socials guy that nobody has any interest in in actual social media, so it becomes more of a kayfabe than it ever could be as a shoot, because it's like, oh, you look at his follow account, you know, really nobody is watching Grayson. Sorry, mate. Like... The fact that they've gone to the trouble of having Pretty Deadly in the run-up to this, like slagging off Sheamus and calling him a total loser, thus to raise the ire of um, Ridge the Fridge and Butch to make this not look like a transparent... Like, we were joking about this yesterday. They're going to have somebody from the main roster coming over. We were, like, booking fantasy booking, a dream opponent for Stacks. Like, Stacks asked for a dance partner, and the randomizer gave him Fandango, which oh, would have been tremendous. Can you imagine? So we kind of speculated that this new show might have some main roster involvement, as they always do. But I quite admire that they've gone to the trouble of, like, working, like, backdating this and having Pretty Deadly have a knock at Sheamus. Mm. It's like, we're, we're watching, and we know, and they've come down and we've got a tag team match out with that. I quite appreciate that. It's just a shame nobody could... It's not like when you have, like, a Dynamite one, and, like, they explain on commentary, and you've got a few bad faith actors being like, well, they've been arguing... I was going to say they've been arguing over social media, but uh-uh. that's every view. But, like, <laughs> they, this, they've done the work. This wasn't just... Like ringing up last minute and getting Pete Dunne and Rich mm. Holland come down, it was like, oh yeah, we can make a random tag out of this because then we can fold that finish into what we're doing on the main roster. So I kind of appreciated the two sides linking up, and there was quite a good Rich Holland look, was a good contrasting player to Pretty Deadly as well. Like the super serious Brit speaking in his super serious Northern accent, like I just thought it was a nice contrast to them being as absolutely over the top ludicrous as they could be. Also, just the looking at it. It said coats, red coats, and powdered wigs, and then two lads wearing black and and their oh, the bomber jackets, bleaky blinders hats. It couldn't look much different, much more different the two the two groups. I like this in spite of itself, yeah. which is basically the NXT 2.0 story. Um, the copy Don't the spoil promo, the book titles. <laughs> the copy in the promo was kind of casually offensive. Very much so, actually, in something that just because it's NXT 2.0, it's under the radar. It will absolutely not go. Un- it'll not go mentioned at all. Um, the material was veered between just stupid and so stupid. It's actually quite amusing. They were maybe going on a bit long for me, and they completely buried the tag team division, which is kind of fine for the heel to do, but the booker shouldn't do that. Mm. <laughs> like, oh, we've beat everyone. Everyone's a bit rubbish. We've got everyone's number. The denim line was great. Um, so what do you do? You don't have a babyface team stand up for the, the the core tag team division. You have some ooh glamorous outsiders <laughs> from an actually good show with good wrestlers on come and defend, um, well, not defend the honor of NXT 2.0, but just say, oh, we'll give you a fight. And then later in the night, you go, ooh, can we go next after you with your star power? Once you've done it, can we then please? Uh, everyone, every tag team in the division look like an asshole. Um, but you know what? I still like the act. So there was some enjoyments to be found. I did like the fact later they were like, what do you reckon to Malik Blade and Idris and Ofe or uh, Briggs and Jensen? 
They've got half a chance against the tag champs. They've both got half a chance. So if you put them together, <laughs> we've sorted. Um, and anyway, all this is going on. Mello and Trick come out. Mello's about to be in action. But first, we go to what was described as the most dangerous place in NXT, the parking lot uh, where the horsemen ambush Dusty Rhodes with a... Oh, sorry. Uh, toxic Attraction show up. That's it. Sure. Um, and they're attacked by... Uh, Alba Fire with a baseball bat. She takes out GC GC Jane. GC Jane? GC Jane. <laughs> Jane and Gigi Dolene. Uh, and then uh, kidnaps again, I think, Mandy yeah. Rose. Yeah, this is it is the second time that she specifically has kidnapped Mandy Rose. And I think it might be the third time Mandy Rose has been kidnapped yeah. as well. I'm pretty sure there was Do another. You remember type. the Home Alone one? That, that was, was it. There was oh. like there was a Home Alone run with oh my God. Don't Wendy Chu. Don't, don't abuse the button. Um yeah. <laughs> Lesson for life, Will Bob, don't abuse the button. Uh, I write that. Why? Lesson for life. Oh, moment. moment. Love it. Like just the absolute, like naked obnoxiousness. That was a six-one match tonight. Like first segment. That's not. <laughs> first thing they advertised on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Like three different times in the ad breaks. Yeah, three six women. It's toxic tag team match. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, uh, what if one of the people got kidnapped by the other people? Just like absolute disdain. And again, like to the sort of the pretty deadly point, like. Like offensive levels of like disdainfulness, but it's NXT 2.0. Almost like it belongs. Like it seems oh, to fit fits the profile. Oh, wow. Big uh, big Manchester derby at the weekend. Well, not if uh, Harry Maguire kidnaps Erling Haaland. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Is there any chance that? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then it was time for Carmelo Hayes versus Oro Mensa. Um, enjoyable match. This obviously is sort of sneak preview of what's coming with their uh, big ladder match for the vacant North American Championship. Uh, Aura got a bit of Aura got a bit of offense in here. Um, Leapram aiding apron DDT by Melo early on. Nice surprise, surprise. Carmelo Hayes is really good at wrestling, uh, but Mentor gets a bit of a chance to shine. It looks like he might even have the match won. Uh, Melo's in the corner and 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 uh, Mentor charges at him, but uh, Trick Williams ever there to save his mate pushes him out of the way or, or gets involved. He takes the uh, the kick from Mensa. What a bump. Mm. Yeah. Best thing in this match by Miles was that bump. That allows uh, Hayes to recover. He hits Mensa with a code breaker and that beautiful top rope guillotine leg drop for the victory. And post-match, Hayes is still so pumped he decides he's going to commentate on the next match too. What a guy. Yeah, it was a like a good character night for Carmelo Hayes in obviously trying to... The problem is it's like trying to re-establish yourself. You do that on Raw Smackdown at this point when you're Carmelo Hayes. So it's a bit of a... This sort of feels a little bit lost and it's just happening for the sake of it. Like if he's were, having his last bangers before losing the ladder match and then uh, going to the main roster. Maybe, but I think that might have already happened. The peak of that might have happened with the loss to Solo Sokoa. Like, call it a day there. It feels a little bit like uh, he's quite good actually. Pass it on, take this. But like Oramensa might be quite good actually. Pass mm. it on. Like there's still it's all a bit raw at the moment. But I think he shows these flashes where it feels like they might be onto something with him. So this booking was a little bit confusing because I don't know why you would not beat him easily. He wasn't beaten easily, but he was badly outmatched in terms of like the star quality. And they're, they're both in the ladder match. I understand that, like, it's a, who's going to get momentum. But this is that, like, it's that thing where wrestling feels too fake. Mm. Like, I don't feel like Kamala Hayes is any further forward in the ladder match. I just feel like Aramensa is further back, and he's got like, like he's not, he's gone from being an underdog to have, being a complete no hoper. And I think, like, in terms of this roster at the moment, you're probably looking for more to feel like winners than losers. Well, to be in their defence, uh, it is a sort of serving as a further catalyst of yet again, Mello wins because of Trick Williams and Wesley's like. For and so that's mm. why he comes in later on. He's like, I'm gonna he's already angry at him. Yeah. And he's sat there and gone, Oh, for Christ's sake, someone else is getting screwed over by these knobheads now. So mm. 
that's maybe the justification yeah, it's they tied gave to other that. things. I don't mind that. I don't but mind yeah, that. I thought it was weird that they were like, yeah, let's have two. You know, we often talk about, oh, neither person can afford to lose this match. And then you think, well, it's WWE, so they're probably going to, there's not going to be a definitive, well, that's a springboard for that guy. It's just you lose, but you've got an excuse. But then that sort of completely weakens the, the win for the other guy. Nothing happened. Like, it's the same with Raw and SmackDown. Realistically, maybe not so much SmackDown because things are happening on that show, but on Raw, things just happen. Things get reversed the next week with no real purpose. Mm. It's just kind of doing my goddamn head in at this point. I would describe this match as technically quite good, but utterly soulless. Um, Did you hear the Kevin Nash quote? Of course you did. Did you hear the Kevin Nash quote when um, he went to visit the performance center? I don't know if he was doing like a guest coach gimmick or like, oh, here's Kevin Nash. He will, in theory, tell you how to make money and get over and all the rest of it. And he was watching it, and he was like, you're saying to Sean, like, he's the need to slow down. They mm. need to slow down. And Sean just looked at him. This is Nash's words, Nash's anecdote, not mine. Looked at him and went, crowd wants spot fest these days. Don't know what he wants us to do. I think we're the dinosaurs, Kev. Ha-ha. What Kev was actually saying is that not, and I'm not speaking on his behalf, but what Nash was basically getting at was, they're just rushing through stuff with no real emotion. You don't have to cinch in a headlock for 10 minutes, but ultimately, like, I'm just watching this and feeling nothing. Yeah. And he articulated what I feel about virtually every single match on this show. Now, I know that there are some great talent on NXT 2.0. Your, your Frasers, your Axioms, your Dragonoffs, even Devlin, who I really don't like at all, had a decent match with uh, Tyler Bate mm. the other week. But there's so outside of about five, six, and all too often, I include Carmelo Hayes, not in that number. It just feels like identicate, kind of soulless wrestling that Shawn Michaels thinks that fans want, dot, 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 five years ago. <laughs> it feels like an out-of-touch version of an art form, except it's kind of directed by an old guy who thinks he's on the pulse but actually no longer is. That's seems you were generous enough to bring Nash in. I'll bring Kenny Omega into this. I was listening to an, a really old Kenny Omega Art of Wrestling podcast, about 2011, something like that, and he was talking with Colt Cabana, and he was talking about how the indies were more for him, and he was just starting to break out in DDT, and he, like Japan was his place, and he immediately felt, for the first time as a wrestler, at home in Japan. And he was super, super critical, not specifically of the, well, everybody just grabs a hold for 10 minutes, but of the very idea that every match had to go at the headlock, to the tackle, to the drop down, to the, uh, like, heat, the comeback. That it, He was critical of that specifically for much the same reasons. This idea that by following that specific, whatever the formula is, the formula can feel outdated. And even the spot fest has become formulaic in yeah. and of itself. Like, I think back in sort of, Probably about like 2020, maybe when FTR came in, like that formula was perfected within AEW. Like they were those multi-mans, like that was a perfected like version of the art form, and it, even that started to date fairly mm. quickly. And yeah, like Shawn Michaels running them. If that indeed is the case, and that oh, is, it is. It if, is. That, if, that, if that indeed is the method, it's a flawed one mm. in and of itself because everything dates and everything starts to feel fake. And Omega saying that, like, what he, he was trying to reinvent the wheel, he was. And I think there was various times when he can see that he's done that. Like, this match once reinvented the wheel. But, as you say, what's that, like six, eight years, maybe? Oh, it's, like, it just, out, it's, out, of, out of date now? It like, just feels ancient for me. Mm. It just feels ancient, and I just got I just get nothing out of these Did, matches. Like, very little. I've got now to say about them. You were off yesterday, Sige, and I know, like, we sort of 
not necessarily disagree, but debate the quality of certain Raw matches. Did you see Lashley and Mustafa Ali? I did not. It's like, like I wouldn't recommend this in bad faith here. It's worth watching. Yeah. I've been quite high on this Lashley run so far, but it's wrestlers that are behaving as themselves, working as their characters rather than following the playbook or whatever it is. And I, like that stuck out to me on this particular episode. It's like, ah, oh, they wrestle like Bobby Lashley is having his match, Ali is having his, and the two are trying to see which one wins, which one wins out. Mm. There's a bad, like that is really lacking, I think, in NXT at the moment. It's just soulless walking props, getting ordered to have, again, what Sean thinks is a hot match. Mm. And it just does nothing for me on an emotional or visceral or cerebral level. I just see some moves. Executed pretty damn well at times. Yeah, It's worse and when you times. like the characters, isn't it? I think when you're with Melo especially, it's just bad when you like the characters because you kind of want to be as invested in the match as you are in a lot of the rest of the presentation. Yeah. Hell of a bump from Trick, though. That Trick's the best. <laughs> uh, we get a recap of what happened with Brutus Creed and Damon Kemp and the steel chair attack. Uh, Brutus is being checked over. He's covered in bruises uh, and he's furious and the doctor won't clear him or can't clear him. Uh, Duke Bloody Hudson walks in and goes, oh, who's crying this week? No, don't do that. Uh, and Julie's like, piss off, mate. And he goes, oh, I just wanted to see what 10 chair shots look like. So they, they get into it and there's a match set up for, for later. I do like the vibe of NXT. I, I keep wanting to call it 2.0 because it is. But the vibe of every heel in 2.0 being the worst person you know. Like that locker room is full. Like if you've if you just like, if you even like limp for a second, there's going to be some absolute snake in the corner watching and ready to just strike over it. Like that's how every heel pretty much gets a match. Like you see it multiple times on yeah. this episode, let alone in like, like the last sort of year or so. That's the vibe now, isn't it? It's like, don't show a tiny weakness because there is some mouthy prick there that is ready to give you grief for it. <laughs> Uh, and then we got the qualifying match uh, for the uh, Halloween Havoc North American Championship ladder match. It was Andre Chase versus Mr. Hart, uh, Von Wagner. Uh, unsurprisingly, Von Wagner early on. The just last survivor of the Hart Dungeon. The Hart Dungeon. Uh, chucks him around. <laughs> all the power, all the domination from Von Wagner. Come on, give Van a go to Big Rainu. Van Wagner. <laughs> Uh, Chase fights back, though. He uh, hits a side rush and leg sweep and drops the uh, Chase U stomps. Um, Robert Stone, though, sees where this is going, or Mr. Stone, I should say, jumps up on the apron to distract him. But there's Thea Hale and Bodie Hayward, as we sort of called in the preview there, to get rid of him. Um, he, he's got he's on Thea Hale's shoulders, and then Bodie gets involved, and Thea body slams Stone and... Andre Chase couldn't be prouder of his students in that moment, but obviously he's not paying attention to Von Wagner. You think, oh God, he's going to turn around into some horrible lariat or whatever it may be. But just as it looks like Von Wagner is going to take his head off, Chase rolls him up for two, a nice sort of false finish, uh, and gets caught with a big boot, Death Valley bomb, one, two, three. Von Wagner qualifies for the Halloween Havoc ladder match. This was, um, you know that priest from Father Ted who's just awful, the worst guy to be around, and he just creates disruption and drama for the other priests on Craggy Island, and he's playing his jungle music, so he's getting a blaster and keeping them all up at night. And then he just, like, when asked, like, what's his motivation? It's, like, this predates, like, just to watch the world burn. He just goes, I've had my fun, and that's all that matters. Like, <laughs> that's how I felt watching Von Wagner win here. I thought Andre Chase wrestled this with a bit of... I don't know, a bit of verve, a bit of genuine character. And then, as we discussed yesterday, Von Wagner in the ladder match. Funny. Yeah. So by the end of it, I was just like, well, yeah, I got what I wanted here. Von Wagner's going to enter that match. 
Like there, he, he stares down the lens, and I'm, I'm going to win the title. He's like, I'm not sure you are Von, but I'm going to really enjoy watching yeah. you try. That is an absurd construct that they've arrived at, where Von Wagner's going to be in a ladder match. Like at some point, the rest of them are going to have to gang up on him, all that kind of stuff, and he's going to Von Wagner them out the way. <laughs> I don't know. Like it's the potential for stupid is high as a result of Von Wagner getting this win. And I never thought I'd say that when he's opposing like Andre Chase. You would think he would be the one who's like, he's going to bring something silly. Yes. Not as silly as that giant buffoon. Robert Stone's going to take a horrible... Oh, he's got to do some work, hasn't he? Poor guy. Uh, and then, yeah, post-match, you've got Carmelo, who, as I mentioned, was on commentary. Uh, and he gets jumped by Wesley, and they have to be separated. Pull-apart brawl. Wesley's all fired up. We'll hear more from him a little bit later on. Wes, play it's full. He's got other business to attend to. If you ask me, he should be concentrating on other things. Uh, we go backstage, and there is locker room leader, Sang. <laughs> with Nathan Fraser. Uh, and Sanger's just like, oh, man, that should have been me. Uh, Fraser <laughs> says, I get what you're talking about there, Sanger. <laughs> I even the score with Axiom, and next week, if I win, I'll be in the ladder match. And Sanger says, oh, thanks. And uh, <laughs> as the locker room leader, I hope you win. Uh, and Okay, see you later, Sanger. <laughs> boop, boop, boop. And then Via comes in. <laughs> why, does he, why does he come? Because he's Veer. Oh, he's coming. Oh, of course, <laughs> he's he was coming, coming for ages. Yeah. yeah. He's getting edged more. Like, bloody hell. Um, <laughs> They're back together. A quick little note on um, Von Wagner versus Andre Chase. Yeah. No notes. <laughs> Seriously, I did bite a little bit for the near fall. Yeah. The one rare example of bollocks happening on the outside, yeah. ultimately distracting you and lulling you into thinking something else is going to happen. I got white. Nathan Frazier. Oh, my God. Oh, what a geek. Yeah, what an absolute geek of a bloke. Why are they billing him and promoting him and booking him as some little dickhead dork in his first day in wrestling? And uh, he's a prodigy. He could just be great. You don't have to treat anyone who isn't a 38-year-old headliner <laughs> on the main roster <laughs> as a ostensible, like, 18-year-old kid doing it on the first day Competition of wrestling Competition winner. Dominic Mysterio... Like Nathan Frazier, remember when they was like, oh, you know, we recognise that the median age of the Raw headliner is 42 and we really need to build to the future. They can't do anything right. Even when they recognise that something needs to happen, they'll still botch or do something stupid with the thing that needs to happen. Nathan Frazier, oh, we're on top of the world now. Thanks, Anger. Sam Punk will be happy because he'll be glad seeing one of the young guys go and get an advice from one of the veterans. This will be exactly what he Yes. Like, this will get him signed back yeah, in WWE. He's like, more yeah. of that, more of that, please. It's just ridiculous. They make... The people in their early to mid twenties look like their children. Mm-hmm. It's, it's what like it's one thing when Dominic Mysterio is like a man child, but Nathan Frazier, you should be so wowed by his ability that you should marvel at him. It, his age shouldn't matter. Like it should just be like wow, that guy is he's, 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 incre- like, he's incredible, jaw dropping. You don't want to think. Oh, like, if not that the casual fan of your mate that used to watch really even exists anymore. But hypothetically, it's like, oh, like Nathan Frazier's coming to town. Let's go and watch him. It's like, oh, is there anything I should watch online? Absolutely not. Shouldn't be that way, should it? Like, here's a highlight package of all his best bits. Oh, like, what's he sound like when he cuts a promo? Ignore that. Just watch the back. <laughs> Just have a look on Cage Match. I'll feel tap the well now. <laughs> Who's had more matches ever? Sanger or Nathan Fraser? Ooh. Nathan Fraser by me. Got me Nathan Fraser, is it? Sanger, according to Cage Match, has had 64. Nathan Fraser's had 79. There you go. So he's the veteran in yeah. this scenario. But, yeah, Sanger and Veer are wearing nice suits together. 
the vibe of them, like, that they were trying to create in this lingering shot of the two of them in their effectively matching suits, this whole thing, yeah. Ridiculous. This whole, like, road warrior's gonna ride again thing. Like, they, they've grossly overestimated how much people still yearned for this act. Weren't they... They're gonna be calling it the Sanger Pop going forward. <laughs> Weren't they, like, a unit on TV for, like, a matter of week? Not, like, weeks. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. for a matter of week. And then the Bivens uh, guys, or have I misremembered? No, I think they were Bivens guys. Oh, then they attack Riddle. Yeah, they battered Riddle because he was Pete Dunn was because the pandemic. If you remember the yeah, early yeah, days, yeah. So the, and that's the, how they debuted Thatcher. Yes, that's right. Yeah, and then they realized all oh, these guys are nowhere near ready. And then all oh, bands back together. But like, look at the optics. All right, I've been playing this drastically, unfathomably stupid role on NXT. What have you been doing? I was a failed um, McMahon pet project, so I'm back here. All right, should we do a tag team? I guess I'm doing now else. Or pathetic, pretty deadly buries the entire division, but they didn't think about these guys. God, LTS. Why, why, <laughs> why would they? Just keep talking. I'm going to try and find out how many actual matches Indus Share had on on television. What a test of a podcaster to be asked to keep talking when we're talking about Indus Share. Uh, God damn it! Uh, two, two, two matches. <laughs> two matches on telly. Yeah, they had a load of like live shows. They had yeah. someone dark. Two matches. Oh, that's a good joke. That matter of week. <laughs> matter of they came man. in, had two matches, ruined Keith Lee's title win, and uh, then then split. Yeah, but now they're back together. <laughs> the spoilers. Um, Lash Legend did a bit of trash talking to Wendy Chu before their match, and Grace and <laughs> Bloody did Wall- a bit of trash wrestling. <laughs> Grace and Bloody Wallows showed up, showed up in a hammer uh, and told security to make sure that Apollo Cruz does not get involved with the Grace and Waller effect later on. And then it was time for Wendy Chu versus Lash Legend. Uh, Lash attacks Chu with the pillow before the match. That's a sentence I'm really glad to be saying because it means that things haven't changed. Yeah. Uh, Chew sells for the pillow. <laughs> uh, goes after her. They go to the outside. Legend spins her into a backbreaker. Uh, she got a two count off a side slam when they came back in, but she missed a pump kick. Chew hit her with some strikes, put her down, hit her with the top rope Vader bomb, and defeated her. Wow. Oh boy. I mean, they kept it simple. Stupid. And... Still wasn't great, was it? Kept it simple, comment, stupid. <laughs> still wasn't great. Yeah, I don't, like. I feel bad sometimes doing these. Like this is when it's the when it's at its most developmental. I feel bad because it's we are. I no, I'm not going to speak for all of us. Me, I'm directly criticizing the wrestlers, and I'm not criticizing the wrestlers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, it's their work. It's their they're the ones going out there and putting themselves out there. Should they be? No. Uh, is this a platform for it? Absolutely not. But it's happening. I hate the take where it's like, well, you know, they're just in developmental. It's on my telly. Yep. It's on my telly. <laughs> I also hate the take where it's like, right, okay, well, you know, even if you don't watch it for state-of-the-art, really accomplished in-ring action, you can enjoy it on a level of, oh, it's like, you know, you're watching young people progress, and it's going to be really um, rewarding when you see them really, like, achieve something. I love that about early AEW, for example. Half these wrestlers are useless. Some of them are worse than useless. Some of them ver- verge on dangerous. And it's not as if they're just on tough enough, right? Being a bit useless, getting to know the characters, bit by bit, the, the, the mechanics get a little bit tighter, and you know, they win a contract. They're, they're ostensibly contesting for titles. It's sh- What does that say about the titles? Mm. If you've got wrestlers, it's useful, uh, useless. Tell you what, Lash Legend did not do the worst thing in this match by half. There were two strikes, Wendy Chu. One of them was like a drop kick, nowhere near. And Lash Legend, because she has zero instincts, and she's in a system where they just drill any instincts and common sense you might have out of you because it's follow the script. She's sold for it. it just it's, it's crap. It's absolute crap. I hope there's something funny later. Oh, don't worry. There's something just around the corner. 
Sorry, because I have, in fact, forgotten all about the show. <laughs> One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What came next was... Kelly Kincaid interviewing Wesley backstage. He's pissed off uh, about uh, Mello, of course. And then suddenly he's interrupted. Who interrupts him, I hear you ask? Well, he's not coming in the studio. He was on the telly. Well, I may have pulled a few strings to get a live rendition of the promo. That oh, you no okay. way. Yes. So I thought you were going to open the door. And I was like, he's not here. We're reviewing what he did on telly. Well, I'm just, I'm killing time because he's landing on his, what did we describe it as yesterday? We got him a parking space. You know, like how heliports have the H on them. We got him on P, P for plane. <laughs> so like the plane and he just goes. Uh, 20 D airlines can drop people like direct onto the floor below because that's how they dispose <laughs> like of the bodies when they're sleeping beam, with the fishes. Beam me up, tell me. <laughs> that's exactly it, basically. So the plane Don't is outside know. the studios oh, as we speak. Just sort of I feel it. removed from it. Just park it up on the plane spot. So he's... Uh, hi, Stax. You're right. Yeah, you like last night's show? Not really, Stax. <laughs> oh, fair enough. <laughs> well, anyway, so uh, Wesley is there talking his talk, and I say, now there's the real Wesley right there. You're a wolf in sheep's clothing, my friend. You like to act all sad and introspective with that lost boy look. Oh, my friends are gone. But you... <laughs> Love on love stacks, isn't he? You are. <laughs> I love you, mate. You, you are ruthless. You hit the Don's leg. Now the Don's PCL's going this way. Bada boom. And the rest of his leg is going that way. Bada bing. <laughs> I'll take it from here. Uh, uh, then, uh, yeah, Wesley says uh, he didn't want to win the match that way. And then I say, oh, I am sure, your majesty. <laughs> oh, fancy, fancy dad. dad. 
The Don and I know how to make things look like an accident, but you know in your heart. All right, Stacks. You did it on purpose. Let's put us in the chest. Your actions have consequences, Wes. And scene. Good, good work, Stacks. I thought you did well, Stacks. Big night for you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I like this promo, Stacks. That was good. Setting up the match for next week. How would it feel to have your name in lights in such a way? That match nothing. <laughs> Wesley. I wanted to see Stacks. <laughs> like the Hollywood goddamn sign. So, this is good. You know, they've suffered an unfortunate situation. They've did the sensible thing um, following it. They've tried to make a kayfabe and all the rest of it. So, you know, uh, match quality. Well, Stacks is right here. So I'm, have, <laughs> I'm going to have to say I expect nothing less than four and a quarter stars. Absolutely. A gentleman's four and a quarter stars, <laughs> say, in the business. Um, but before I go, I have been in the hospital. Recently, seeing Tony D, of course, get uh, well soon, Tony. Uh, how's the recovery going? It's going better than expected, I believe, is what Dave Meltzer said. <laughs> and uh, whilst I was killing time, waiting around for uh, x-rays and the like, I uh, I wrote a few jokes. You want to hear them? X-rays and the like, yeah. yeah. Uh, tell you what, a lot of, lot of time to kill when you're in the hospital. Um, so I thought, uh, I'm going to keep myself entertained. Tony's busy. I, uh, with some of the uh, doctors and the noises, I uh, tried playing hide-and-seek, but uh, they kept finding me in the ICU. ICU, huh? <laughs> it's the way I tell them. Anymore? Anymore? Oh, I might have a hospital joke. I got Wait, more. Uh, I got more about Let's search the recesses of my mind. Okay. I'll be honest, Stax. It's starting to feel like a hospital pass rather than a hospital joke, this one. Oh, sure. <laughs> Some guy donates a kidney to the city hospital and he's treated like a hero. And yet Tony D donates five kidneys and now the cops want to arrest him? What's that about, huh? Say that again. I was, I was trying oh, to think of jokes God. myself. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> Final joke for you. You'll like this one. You know, uh, Tony D's in the hospital, but I had to I had to go myself the other day. Yeah, I had to go and get myself checked. Uh, had a little problem because uh, let me tell you something: the Dyson ball cleaner has a very misleading name. <laughs> See you next week. So do you try and wash your ball stocks? I, I used it on my cock and box. That's goddamn right. Yeah. Cock and box. <laughs> Bye, Stax. Bye, Stax. Oh, I love him having him around. Do you reckon he'll be here the week that I'm on holiday? Mm, probably not. <laughs> that, that, You're, he's flying you out there, isn't he? Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, he's, I'm got, going he's got some jokes to the destination. Fly <laughs> away. I'm Tony the Airway. <laughs> Put it this way. Sorry. <laughs> Put it this way, he did not turn up on Monday, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> which is uh, curious, actually. Yeah, I thought he was just—he was big leaguing us because of the tech issues, isn't he? Yeah, he needs a studio. Yeah, he does need a studio. <laughs> <Yeah>. He <laughs> really needs to be in his element. Yes, he was in the studio, but you weren't in there. Yeah, we so weren't. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but speaking of things you don't want to show up, Gallus. Um, so <laughs> they didn't realize how swift uh, NXT security was. They showed him chinning a referee. And they said they'll be back soon enough. It's like a threat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and not only that, so I was like, oh. and not only that, but they'll be coming for all the gold. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, 
Ron Breaker versus Joe Coffey. Oh. <sighs> Jesus. It's like mm. it doesn't happen anymore. Right. And I'm, I'm, so, I'm so pleased it doesn't. And, you know, go and get vaccinated. But, you know, every now and then you see COVID trending on Twitter. You go, oh, God, why? And you click it. And it's just they've done some new research. Let's not conflate the I know, two I'm, not, I'm not conflating. I'm just saying it's you a are. similar feeling <laughs> where, like, when you click the link and it's like, other they're working on, a, like, even more vaccinations or even more ways in which people can do it. Brilliant. But, like, when it was, we were just out of lockdown. And then you go, oh, no, I don't want that back. Like, that's the mm. same sense of you, dread. You just right? conflated <laughs> That's oh, not all, that. right, all right, I'm not going to admit, one is obviously objectively worse than the other. Let's move on. Well, speaking of uh, COVID, Katana Chance and Kane Carter. <laughs> Look at this. What a f***ing pro. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, there. There's a big video back. The thing Rob- is, you can do a segue when they go to their opponents as well. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Roberts calls himself the last professional broadcaster. I don't think so. No, no, no. They're there talking about how crazy it is that they've got here and they're, they're tag champs. And uh, Kane says, Katana Chance is a goody two-shoes. What, following all the rules? Um, talk, about how they, <laughs> talk about how they're different. Katana talks about it being very tough to adjust to her life in, in WWE from Ninja Warrior and all that. Stepping away, but then they came back, reunited. And now they're tag champs and they say they're going to be ready for whoever the next contenders may be. While I appreciate... <laughs> Tone is such a disingenuous <laughs> I am. <laughs> well, I appreciate the attempt to uh, flesh out the characters with a bit of real life backstory for basically a tag team that I've just been doing flips for like five years at this point. Like, my God. The thing is, this company, even when it's good under Pepe age, still has this absolutely incredible, incredible knack of taking presumably real life friendships. Real life situations that allowed the friendship to blossom, putting a camera in someone's face and then immediately feeling like the most fake thing that I can't possibly believe in ever, like the whole banter mm. of "Oh, you're a bit of a, I'm a bit of a bitch, and you're a bit of a goody two shoes. Oh, you're always a bitch, uh, <laughs> you know what?" And then they do something like "Saying nice." Oh. Do you remember? And I don't believe a word they're saying. It's yeah. so unnatural. Do you remember Becky and Seth and Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans? And you weren't sure which one was the real couple. Yeah. How have they done that? How have they conspired? <laughs> yeah. It's the. It's the. It's a. It's a plague. <laughs> the whole company is just fake. I know it's <laughs> a work, but you know the point is to make it feel like it isn't. Well, speaking of plagues, you could say toxic attraction or the disease of the women's tag division, but thankfully, Nikita Lyons has the cure uh, alongside Zoe Stark. (laughs) (laughs) Number one contenders match on a roll today, baby, uh, to see who... I just like people healing from their injuries. Celebrate that. Toast that. Uh, Back and forth stop early on. Dolan comes back in uh, and eats a springboard spinning crossbody toxic attraction. Have to go to the outside to take a breather as we go to a break. When we come back, the heels are working over Nikita Lyons. She tags out, hot tags to Zoe Stark, goes in after Dolene. Super kick into a German suplex, gets a two count. Everything breaks down. There's loads of those near falls where the tag partner just jumps in to break the count at the last second. Uh, Toxic attraction look like they've got the match one. They set up for their tandem finisher. Um, but as JC Jane hits the ropes, Lion grabs her leg, pulls her out, super kicks her. Uh, Stark hits um, Dolene with the spinning GTS thing that she does um, and then dives to the outside to make sure Jane got involved. Uh, Nikita Lyons is tagged in. She does the split leg drop pin thing that she does. Gets the victory then and a new number one contenders. This was 
absolutely just fine and thus probably Toxic Attraction's best match ever. Right? I honestly felt for the first time in a while, even though they're probably on the way out and probably on the way at the main roster, that they could be credible challengers to the tag titles, the very same belts they've held for like most of the time that 2.0's existed. And like I don't want to therefore just put all the credit on someone like Zoe Starks who felt like the glue that was holding all of this together. Uh, Starks and Lions are not a bad team, actually. Mm. Like, there's, they might have hit upon something there where, like, you're going to help elevate Zoe Starks. This is an absolutely fine match with absolutely fine and functional things going on. But to follow the, you know, the point on Sidgwick was making about the, you know, how they kind of really make baby faces feel real and organic. Like, I hope that was the point with the champions because Starks and Lions are going to feel like way more real and organic baby faces than Katana Chance and Caden Carter when the two teams inevitably meet. Somebody's got to play heel to make that make sense. Mm. So it should probably be the champions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just, again, the rhythm of these matches is identical. The moves kind of happen in just identical order. There's no emotion. I don't feel anything for these characters whatsoever. As ever, impressed by the work from mm. Zoe Starks. I did feel something, actually. I'm lying. I laughed a bit at the finish. So Stark does her finish. Tags in. Um, Lions when she was like have to just neutralize the threat coming in from the outside and Lions just went ah <laughs> <laughs> and did the splits because she's a, she does a roar and then she went ah again when the ref was counting to three and it's just it's pathetic I get it it's a pun <laughs> oh, like a lion it's just crap does the sexy pain <laughs> I can't do you does anyone feel anything for these matches no, I, Ever. Well, people swore blind they did for those empty arena BT Sports NXT. There was that weird cult of NXT UK fans, wasn't there? So presumably they'll be... He thinks the incels protest to... <laughs> <laughs> There's the, got to be an underbe- a dark underbelly that exists for these ones as well. You know, like, because we all acknowledge the difference. There's probably one in every 10 weeks there's a match that's actually good rather than NXT good, oh, isn't yeah, there? Yeah. And like, But it's such a stark difference yeah. to everything else where you know when it's happened. They all get this is awesome chance and then one you might... Now, this is awesome. Yeah. Oh, that was the uh, that was drilling. By the way, if anyone heard that, not anyone, not an early warning of Apollo Cruz to come a little bit later. <laughs> oh on. God, we'll get to that later. Um, Ilya Dragunov has a very intense vignette. He talks about pain and agony, and talks about his injury, and uh, sets up obviously the triple threat uh, NXT Championship match at Halloween Havoc. Um, she talk, he talks about watching worlds collide and NXT UK breathe its last breath. He says, I can't change the past. I can change the future. He's ready for both guys. He puts them both over, but he says uh, he's going to you know, win the championship. He, he, like I say, he's, gonna, he's very intense. He puts his body on the line and he and concludes with long live the czar. Yes, crap, I think. Like, it's, when you have this stupid thing, fully got away with it, right? Dragunov doesn't. You got this thing of, oh, I love pain. I love pain. Agony's a bit different. Hmm. Is that just, should not just love it more? And then when you're made to ask these ridiculous questions in your own head, you think, oh, so you saw an absolute load of bollocks then. An absolute load of complete and utter bollocks. Um, yet more pretentious wordplay in a promo that if you pull it apart makes no sense that I won't remember in two weeks from now. It's just so indistinct. Yeah, I think the... Um it, like a lot of people like dragging off for his work. Well, I love chocolate, me. Oh, have, have a galaxy chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> too intense, too good. The dev- it's too much of a better version than the thing that I like. What? To jump ahead later to the Devlin one, right? It's, it, it, I don't think he's a, 
one is not better than the other, but people will probably prefer the Dragunov one because they've got like an investment in him and that character, and he's not yet been tainted by a big loss to Bron Brick, for example, as JD McDonough has. But I, yeah, I'm with Cedric. Like, they're it really, if you break this down, there's nothing memorable. You're not left with anything. Nor are you left, I don't think, when they do these videos, they completely overthink the point of this, which is just to sell the match. Just sell the match. Like, we know the characters. If we didn't know the characters, you shouldn't be putting them in the main event of your takeover. So the implication is already there that, like, Dragonoff and JD McDonough are on Bron Breaker's level or on whatever that level is, mm-hmm. main eventers. This is almost like week two introductory vignette stuff more than it is why he wants to win the title. I know he's telling you outright, but I don't believe it. I don't buy it. He, he's appeared and won a title on a mainline NXT takeover-adjacent show. But we are goldfish, apparently, so we need to be reminded of who he is. Well, it, it, they had to put this on, to be fair. It's because we're thick, basically. They we're had to put it on this idiots. show for the swathes of people coming back. Now they got rid of the 2.0 in the name, clearly. That's uh, it, yeah. yeah. That's why they had to reintroduce him. Uh, and in reality, the real star came next. It's time for the Grayson Waller effect. Uh, he had Corey Jade and Roxanne Perez. I'm not sure if, the, I can't remember the last time, but I really popped for the uh, the video, the video package that opens this show with him laying out Johnny Gargano, then words like hashtag blessed, hashtag humble, <laughs> and my favorite, hashtag over, uh, <laughs> po- popping up on screen. He He's the only one who can pull this off. Yeah. He's yeah Grayson Waller rules. So he starts the show... Not content with him being the host of this show and being on screen. Yet again, he does his, well, let's get a camera, let's get a fan cam, basically, just on my face. So when, you know, Cora Jay's making her entrance, I can go, oh, yeah, all this. <laughs> and he's also broadcasting on Instagram Live as well. Yeah. He's on the, he's on the tron. He's some boy. Yeah, inspired that. Triples the views. There we go. Uh, it says, millions are watching. Apollo Crews is watching too, but you can't do anything because of security. Um Tells people to get in the Insta chat. There's a ticker that keeps pulling across the screen and constantly new messages. It never repeated itself. I mean, granted, most of them were Grayson Waller fan 63 mm. saying, lovely Grayson Waller me. But, or Nikita Lyons 12. I also like Grayson Waller. There would be a nice gag if on the next Grayson Waller effect and somebody, like people do enough work with the Fiend Law, like the same messages play and he's made, made like a pre-recorded ticker yeah. and he has that same thing play every time because mm. everybody hates him. Uh, he introduces Cora Jade as the Tony Hawk of NXT. <laughs> Great. Um, and she comes out with a kendo stick yeah. <laughs> and gets Roxanne Perez out and says, I've got a booster seat for you. He's the biggest star on this show. <laughs> kind of buried everything here, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, says the rematch is going to happen. We were badly uh, marginalised, actually. <laughs> yeah. Says the rematch is going to happen at Halloween Havoc. Uh, Cora says, oh, how many people do you have to cry to to get the rematch? And Roxanne says, oh, no, it was easy. Everyone wants to see me kick your ass. Uh, Waller says, don't interrupt. Um, and then I proceeds <laughs> to ask Roxanne Perez how she's feeling. Um, she says, it's completely different. I feel nothing. I was upset at Heatwave. This is different now. Cora says, no, you're going to cry. She says, no, it's, it's Just not. the opposite, really. Yeah. <laughs> listen, to, listen to what she just said. Uh, it's not a sob story. It reads their history together. Uh, sob also means cry. Uh, horse women. Uh, what they were to them. Cora threw that all away. Um, she's going to beat Cora at Halloween Havoc. Um, and Cora says, actually, uh, Halloween Havoc, I'm going to win. Everyone's going to realize you're just internet hype. Uh, Roxy says that uh, you put on a nice girl act for a year. No one's buying. And you eventually just turned on me and blamed me and the fans. 
Um, she starts to continue, and Rory goes, hey, yeah, 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 sure. Um, uh, stop interrupting me. Uh, in two weeks, you're going to be competing in pick-your-poison matches with the entire WE roster, fair game. It's time to play the game! We'll say that, obviously, for the preview. Yes. Um, and Cora interrupts again and says, oh, I've got a lot of people in mind. And Roxy goes, yeah, well, I have two. And he says, can you stop interrupting, please? <laughs> uh, and he says, your match is spin the wheel, make the deal. Uh, Roxy likes this, Cora, Cora doesn't. Uh, and Wallace says, hey, how about we do it right now? And if, it's win- if it lands on spinner's choice, I choose. And Cora's like, yeah, whatever. Um, and he says, oh, you both suck. <laughs> and then he goes, goes, goes to spin it himself. Uh there's goes down. There's a there's a yay there. He checks underneath. He's not Apollo Crews, so he's fine. Spins the wheel and uh, it comes up as a weapons wild match, which he announces. Turns around and they're about to clobber each other in the ring. I think Corey even swings for Roxanne with the uh, with the kendo stick, but that gets blocked. And then security dive in. They have to be separated, but that unfortunately leaves. Grace and bloody Wool are isolated. He comes back into the ring, which I should point out is decorated better than Jericho's celebration from Dynamite last yeah. week. No expense, uh, bad. He takes a selfie, but then he looks closely at the selfie. Uh, and there's Apollo Crews. He pulls him out of the ring, and Grace and Wooler tries to get away, but he uh, he can't, can't do it. And uh, in the end, uh, he gets pulled under the ring. And... Uh, then, uh, oh no! What's that? So she doesn't even know yet. Uh, he comes back out. He's got pink. He's, uh, his eyes are bleeding and uh, gets what chased off. What is this? Gets chased want... off by uh, a bollo <laughs> cruise. God, I'm, I'm not having that. I'm not having that noise on a podcast. What about this one? Off. <laughs> 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 I'm not having that. that, that, that Do no, you want to explain this one? So I. Just offhand made a reference <laughs> that Apollo Crews was going to give uh, Grace Moll a pink eye. You know, he's seen the future and he had the red eyes. So Wilborn escalated that to he's going to fart on his pillow. <laughs> and that became a long running bit where Apollo Crews is in a different wrestler's hotel. I've seen it's the future and it's me farting on your pillow. And the wrestler's like, I'm in my goddamn room. And they open the door, find Apollo squatting over the pillow and then having to race out the window. Thank God the window's open because Apollo's dropped a bomb in there. <laughs> oh. Pillow Crews. And he did it. He paid it off. <laughs> Let's have a look. Describe it to the to the listeners. Yeah, it's an audio medium. It's uh, is it a soundboard? It's called Fart World, uh, and you've got you got between a downloaders app. Didn't I, I haven't paid for it yet, but there are more farts that you can unlock. So maybe uh, downloadable content. <laughs> indeed. Um, we got between one and twenty. Only South Park can get away with this type of humour for me. Not <laughs> you, not you two, dickheads. One to twenty. Trey Parker and Matt Stone, yes. Do you want, you want to pick one? Uh, of course he does. Eighteen, please. Eighteen. Okay, here we go. Grinning. <laughs> <laughs> Sidgy's grinning. Oh no, I don't like it. Um, wait there. Right. Just for this one week only, I'll get involved in the bid. Um, wait there. Wait there. Wait there. Wait there. <laughs> just looking at the screen. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, Fart's written in brown. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. It's an interesting <laughs> palette choice, isn't it? Right. Number nine, good number, Newcastle, Laura, etc. That wouldn't even bet that I was open for. Shut up, man. Uh, right. I'm not, I'm not selling this. <laughs> 
I'm going to check out that uh, What Did You Wrestling podcast, I think. Doing well on the charts. Did you, hey, did, you, did you pick one? He picked one, yeah. I've, I've, I've already hit about four of them. I don't think we're going to top number nine. I think nine's my favourite now. Okay. I might put that on the official soundboard. No, this explains... Big money transfer to the official soundboard. This explains why I might end up as number two. This Report week, on so. Big Fart Only Fab. <laughs> <laughs> I even hate the word. I even hate the word, you know. I just hate it. <sighs> It's my least favourite word. Is it? Oh, yeah, I hate it. Oh, yelling at the red hoodie person uh, because he was giving out sti- uh, the smiley faces. Wasn't converting people. So they were thinking everybody was rejecting the stickers. Who's in the red hoodie? That's the question, isn't it? Yeah. It's the question on everyone's lips. Someone whose career's about to die. Yeah. That's the worst thing. Uh, then it was time for... I saw speculation it was Saray, which would be like... Well, the third go they've tried with her. How many death sentences can you have? I know. Like so you know when you're like you're watching like some true crime documentary, and it's like I know because of the absolutely heinous, like unconscionable, like unfathomably evil nature of your deeds, I'm gonna have to hand you like ten consecutive life sentences. Yes. Surely just the one will do. Yeah, is that how it works? I know it doesn't work like that, but it's a bit like that, like. Sorry, you've got like three career death sentences. So, <laughs> so when she's in good the, luck getting out. When she's in the parking lot, she's in the hoodie. Yeah. When she's backstage, she's a schoolgirl. And when she walks through the magic passageway, she's, she's a wrestler. Got it. You've made it make sense. Thank you. There we go. Yeah. Sorted. <laughs> Julius Green versus Duke Bloody Hudson. Uh, squash match, basically. Dominates him. Sliding lariat. One, two, three. It was all about what happens afterwards. Because Brutus Creed runs down, attacks Duke Hudson. He has to be pulled off by uh, his brother and, and Ivy Nile uh, to end the beatdown. Then Jamin Kemp appears above them, shouts at them and says, Halloween Havoc, things are going to be different. Uh, Brutus says, get down here so I can beat your ass. Uh, and Kemp says, whoa, 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 it's your brother's turn. Um, and he says, uh, you're arrogant. I can't wait to beat you up. Uh, and he said, well, of course, of course, you, you think that about me, says Damon Kemp, because I'm this good. Um, you're Brutus's keeper, but Brutus is my bitch. Um, Kemp says, um, i tell you what, if Julius beats me, I'll give Brutus another match. But there is a stipulation, if I beat Julius, not Julius is gone from NXT, Brutus is. Brutus immediately accepts on his brother's behalf. Uh Julius isn't happy about this, but he says, I've got ice in my my veins. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Ice ice in your anus, you can say there. You got it on the bloody brain. Get out of this now. Uh, It won't be good enough to beat him, pin him or submit him. It's going to be the do the same thing that I did to Roddy. (laughs) Diamond man, we've got ice in our anus. (laughs) It's going to be an ambulance match. Thoughts? Uh, Very few, other than this Damon Kemp lad. Mm. He's... uh, He's so obviously trying to play a role for which he isn't suited, and I just get removed from it. The curiously detailed uh, stipulation for somebody that you wouldn't really think is yet quite ready for a big, like, high-level singles match. There's a lot going on here, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> like, the ambulance match felt like stuff on top of stuff. Ice in their anus. <laughs> that's that's, that's, that's got me a bit. That's you got ice water, ice water running through our anus. <laughs> uh, this was the J.D. McDonough watching tape saying yeah. these two lads are the same. And I'll be the smartest man who wins. He should know about wrestlers being the same. He's come from NXT UK. <laughs> and he's patting himself after Finn Balor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hank Walker. It's like Finn Balor's Funko uh, Pop. Yeah. <laughs> Another one of our favourites, Hank Walker. He's got his first match as a con- contracted NXT star and security. <laughs> so proud of him here. Drill going to get in the background. Wilbon's got his app out. 
I'm not saying the mic's I don't think that's going to pick that up. It does sound like it. Big old fart. They were drilling so loud yesterday that I genuinely thought the gaming lot were playing a really loud version of, you know that, like, trombone simulator game? No, that's like Guitar Hero, but for trombones. I genuinely thought the lads were playing it upstairs, but it was just... made some quite worthwhile, like, meme content, basically, this trombone, because it just makes... The tune goes wrong. It's quite... I'm underselling it. It's quite funny. Yeah. Bet your goes Bowser's Fury. Oh, Christ, no. Jesus Christ, no. Played that completely yesterday, actually. Good work. I'm getting good at games, huh? <laughs> There's one level that took us absolutely forever. You played Bowser's Fury. When you just started it with the kids, we were doing the Super Mario World one first. Yeah, so. Bowser's Fury was really, really good. Mm. You get to ride Plessy. You know, it's like an archipelago. I don't know ah, how to pronounce yes, that. did start playing it, yeah, because it looks amazing. It looks it? lush. Yeah. And you get to ride around the different areas on Plessy the Dinosaur. Yeah. Who himself has all these challenges where you go, oh, I love bobbing about on him. Yeah. <laughs> so exhilarating, so wholesome. Test of skill, but just a, in a lovely, whimsical soundtrack. Mm. So much better than wrestling, aren't they? Since the Mario, like the game based Mario film trailer dropping yeah. like, tomorrow. Tomorrow. You see the still uh, image of it, and it looks like. I know, but like, it looks more like the game than Bob Hoskins. I'll, 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 I'll play the game then. Yeah, that's true. I'll play the game. Yeah, but this way, it gets to cost you a tenner. It's time to play the game! Tamina firing up the switch. Uh, anyway. Got nothing else better to do in the nice new home at the Rock Bottom. I think I'm booked anymore. <laughs> Hank Walker is uh, she got me saying, good luck, and then Quincy Elliott shows up and says, oh, yeah, I've pissed Gr- uh, Zion Quinn off, so watch yourself, basically. Um, then we get a video package uh, hyping up the, the final match between Axiom and Nathan Fraser. Um, and Axiom says, oh, this, this thing about trilogies, this isn't a comic book. Uh, it's going to be playing out in live action. And I'm going to do things I've never done. Uh, the cool thing about this trilogy instead of, is instead of playing out on a comic book page, I'm going to write my own ending. Pathetic. What? Absolutely pathetic. And I just just get in the ring. Just do a series of incredibly boring. Just How get Triple H to less book excited it. about this. Get Triple H to book it again. <laughs> just like right in a segment like this and what, what do you think of this boss well I think that host guy is going to be downloading another fart app <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then it was time for Zion Quinn versus Hank Walker uh, Zion Quinn uh, controls early on because Hank Walker still got a shirt on and that's you know that's his weakness uh, it's a spine buster puts knees into him um, but then Walker fires up rips the shirt off here we go uh, makes a comeback but he misses a big boot and uh, Quinn nails him with that flying forearm smash for the victory. Goes to attack him again after the match, but Quincy Elliott makes the save and smacks Hank's ass. Yeah, what am I supposed to think of Hank? Like, he won that first match, and he, like, kind of got over in that, like, charming way. Like, the, the crowd in that, that rumour with anybody that comes out. But, like, there certainly seems to be a little bit of... Uh, I don't know. There was just a bit of joy. There was an element of joy to the Hank character. Like, you know, with his mates backstage, I can't believe I'm a wrestler now. This is fun. And it's like, you're a wrestler now and you're lost. So, like, back to your day job, loser. Go, like, you know, like all the other gimmick wrestlers, go back and do a business where you're welcome in the office. <laughs> what, like, I don't know what I'm supposed to think of Hank. Going like 50 50 already. And he's in his new, like, his, his great new frontier. He lost to Zion Quinn. Yeah, every beat. He looks Quinn. great, but everybody loses him. all the time. Yeah, I feel nothing for Hank anymore. I didn't yeah. really in the first place, if I'm being honest. Still like Quincy Elliott, though. Yeah. He, he could be, right, okay, he had his moment in the sun, and then some heel a few weeks down the line could say, look, you're a flash in the pan. You'll never beat me, and then he wins. Yeah. Do something. Quincy's a good laugh. Everyone's yeah. always doing something on this shoe. <laughs> uh, Cameron I Grimes. I hate it. 
Sorry. Speaking of the worst fucking character on this show, Jesus, piss off, Cameron. Go somewhere, anywhere. I know. Just go and wrestle somewhere, you boring bitch. He's chatting to the red hoodie uh, and says, oh, what just, an idiot. Yeah. Joe Gacy's a hypocrite. Then he just gets attacked. Um, they beat him up. Uh, Gacy comes out with his own garbage can. Indiad and Gacy together are known as... Well, yes, we'll get into that because he, he hits... He gives it to Reed, uh, gives it to Mick Jagger, attacks him with it, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Gacy slams Grimes with it as well and says to the uh, the Red Hoodie, it's a job well done. And he welcomes him into the gizzard. Was he Triple H now as well? <laughs> Just the laziest crap this as well. Because like based on what we know about the uh, semantic field within which the garbage can exists, like... This is a men's pub. <laughs> like the, the bins were in the pub last week. Oh, yeah. It's just, like, it's just stables of heels hitting people with bins <laughs> all the time till we're dead. Cameron Grimes is a useless tosser. Like, Has Cameron Grimes seen the face of whoever's in the red hoodie or were they wearing a mask? You should see the membership card and join. He just gets his ass kicked every week. I don't think he's seen the face, has he? There was, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Main event time? Uh, just before that, there's an argument backstage with the Brutes. Boris Johnson, so wanks a lot. Uh, Malik Blade, Idris and Ofe. This is where the nerds are like, ooh, can I do it next after you, the real star? Terrible. Uh, and then we get the Bron version. Arguing over who gets the ramp and who gets the platform. That's what they do. Mm. Then we get uh, Bron hyping up the triple threat match, but he also gets uh, interrupted by Javier Bernal, who says, I'm beating JD. Uh, probably beat Ilya, actually. Probably beat you, if anything. You're an idiot. You've got no brain. <laughs> and Bron went, oh, I'll beat you up next week then. <laughs> people just walk around. I do like, I, I do like Big Javi. Like, yeah. you're an idiot, you are. <laughs> Why are you doing trouble with that, idiot? I will say this about Big Body Javi. The man is detestable. Yeah. Yes. The man is absolutely detestable. I can one million percent see why they've hired him to play this role. He is he's horrible. <laughs> that is horrible. Um, so he's, you know, it might work. Like Bron's going to slice him in half. So yeah. Great. I'm <laughs> fighting this really hard hit in Halloween Havoc. Blah, blah, blah. All right, thicko. Go <laughs> <laughs> son. Uh, right, main event time. It was uh, the tag team title match. Uh, pretty deadly. Defending against the brawling brutes. Uh, Ridge of Fridge and Butch, of course. Um, early on, um, Kit Wilson thinks he can uh, hang with uh, Ridge Bloody Holland, but he can't get him up for a suplex. And a drop kick butterfly suplex combo drops him. And Butch comes in and starts bending his fingers all over the place. Um, Elton Prince tries to make this save. He gets dropped with a clothesline, and uh, Wilson gets hit with those Seamus forearms to the chest. Uh, there was a nice spot where Prince uh, chucked Wilson at Butch, and he hit him with a code breaker. Holland had to make the save. I did like that spot. Uh, Holland sends uh, Prince outside, and uh, Butch goes for a cross arm breaker on Wilson, but Elton Prince was making the save all over the place here. He uh, stacked. Um, Stacked him up so he was going for a pin. Stacks on the bloody brain. <laughs> Stacked him up so that uh, he uh, he had to go for a pinfall, kick out of a pinfall. Butch hit the big bitter end, but Prince put his partner's foot on the ropes to break it up. Holland sends him outside as a result of that. They do the kick to the head into the northern grit. But before they can get the uh, pinfall, here comes Imperium for the distraction. And uh, Prince uses this distraction to send Butch into the apron. And they hit spilled milk. Uh, I believe on Ridge Holland to retain the titles. The Brawling Brutes and Imperium brawl all the way off to well, SmackDown, I would assume. And uh, then we get, yeah, No Fay and Blade coming down for a stare down. And then up on the uh, perch, 
You've got Boris Johnson and Sir Wanks a lot looking down and there's a stare down to close the show. What did you make of the match? Um, you know what? Because Pete Dunne's in it. It's obviously going to be very, very good. Bit of a hair ruffler, this one, wasn't it? Bit of a hair ruffler. Like, they could just tell, like, Dunne is just such a talent that he elevates absolutely everything he's in. Um, you know, it's actually genuinely quite smart pairing to put him with Ridgebud Yond, genuinely, because he can't not get better working alongside and just mastering things. That little double team that pretty deadly did was absolutely yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. I rewinded it. I rewound it about five different times. So how have you propelled yourself into a face bust? I just thought it was absolutely great. Like, if they can actually go to like a real level, then holy crap, like they could be absolutely <laughs> sensational on the main roster. Mm. There were yeah, there were wrestlers being told to work like the FTR revival format. They weren't working the FTR Royal format, and that is a clear difference. But that's all right because they kind of they've got enough character about them to give the work a pass until they get there. This is the, this is the good kind of developmental. You don't want guys that never look like they've run the ropes. You want people that like can you actually offer something to yeah. take these like take these prospects and turn them into something. And I quite enjoyed this on those terms. Yeah. Um, Pete Dunne and Ridge Holland. The finish was the finish. Yeah, the finish was the finish. It's a fed, isn't it? What what I thought was quite striking. As much as I'm banging into the brawling brutes on SmackDown and Raw. You take Sheamus away and you put them in NXT 2.0 and they very quickly didn't feel like main roster wrestlers visiting. They felt like 2.0 ones that were ready for a call-up. I don't know what that says about them particularly or maybe just the way mm. Pete Dunne wrestles, but yeah, I quite enjoyed this. We had this stupid stuff at the end with everybody looking at each other was garbage. Like, it's it's been garbage forever. Apart from our boys, obviously, yeah. FM Blade, unless it's, if it's not them, then... But they care. weren't doing it with any of their fun boy-popping characters. No. They just stand there and stare. It's rubbish. Mm. Well, let's know your thoughts on the show formerly known as NXT. But oh, oh. on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch they can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at M um, Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Myself and the Dadly Boys will be back later on today to preview AW Dynamite's anniversary show. Yeah. Yeah. Look. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for now, this has been the uh, NXT review. Still feels weird. Uh, my thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.